0: Hey, everyone you found the don't suck at ai podcast where you'll hear from ai
1: industry icons about how their companies are producing successful ai solutions that are changing the way we do business today and into the future so here's your host john
2: Lindsay. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining us on the Don't Suck It AI Podcast. Today, we have a fantastic show for you as we're welcoming Neil Linson, world-class CIO, defender of suckless AI, quoter of Shakespeare, and all-around good guy. So let me give you a little background on Neil. And just in case you guys are listening, I'm in Austin, Texas, and we're getting hammered with a thunderstorm. So if you hear something in the background that sounds like a Vincent Price video for a horror show, that's exactly why. I apologize ahead of time. So... Neil has an amazing resume dating back to his early work at Western Digital as a CIO for firms such as Broadcom and Vario. Right up to his current gig as the chief data officer at Insight Logics, Neil has been a champion revenue driver, leveraging big data and AI to solve complex business problems. And along this journey, Neil's created hundreds of software applications, many still in use today. Some of which we might even discuss during our time with Neil on the podcast today. So, over a 30-plus-year career, and so I'm gonna let you guess Neil's age, Neil has implemented AI technology creating a competitive advantage for his clients. And in this post-pandemic rush to digital transformation, Neil's helping companies focus on doing AI the right way by applying a methodology he's crafted over the years to ensure a high probability of success. So Neil, first of all, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Man, we are so excited. I gave our listeners a quick overview of your illustrious career, but what did I leave out?
1: that people usually just call me hey you to get my attention. So <laughs> it, it isn't that I I, I don't uh, stand on any ceremony and I am very lucky to have been part of the internet world that has been happening since 1969 and I have uh, enjoyed very much learning technically a great deal about our digital world, but I've also been very blessed to be able to have an opportunity to learn about the culture of what it takes to put technology into play and get people to use it to create a business benefit and that's what I think I'm really good at is marrying those two things technology and culture and getting successful business results.
2: Well, Neil, well I can attest to that because we've had the opportunity to partner and you absolutely do not suck at any of that. No questions. You're in the right place today, man. So let's dig right in. I'd like to ask a couple questions and again we've we've kind of kicked this podcast off based on these questions, so it's it's easy to determine and yet hard to understand why AI projects suffer such a high failure rate in our industry, Neil. So so you've been doing this for a long time and you've been doing it successfully. How have you been able to not suck and continue developing successful solutions decade over decade where companies today we've seen in the industry have not been able to do so? Neil, what's the secret? What's your secret?
1: Okay. There's really three things that are the fundamental posts that if you don't do them, if you don't understand them, your AI either fails or it takes so much time and money that it puts a bad smell all around what's (laughs) going on. So those three things are that you first have to be able to inventory what you already have as a digital environment. Every single company has already made huge investments in both people, meaning which Tech, which skills they have, technology skills, and their data. And that ultimately in the inventory side, you have to be willing to focus on being data centric, not just application centric, which are what most people are. So that's the first thing you have to do an inventory of what you already have in the digital world. The second part about making sure you have successful AI is to understand that whatever you end up with from that inventory you do in step one, that your second reason for being successful will be that you've identified an actual business problem. And so many organizations get sucked into the beauty of learning new technology or figuring out that some right salesperson has pitched them buying, you know, certain software or hardware. But the truth is, is that unless you can really say Oh, you know, Ms. or Mr. CEO, CFO, COO, CIO. Here is what the business problem is. And we are able to write that in a sentence or two, right? It shouldn't be Moby Dick. It has to be something you can just write very clearly and be able to get people to acknowledge, boy, that's an actual business problem. We know what that is. So that's the second thing is adding clarity upon a business problem. And the third step after you've done your inventory, after you make it so you have clearly defined a specific business problem you're trying to address with artificial intelligence, is to realize that the whole purpose of artificial intelligence is to marry, is to wed the biological intelligence you already have in your company or in your supply chain or, you know, in the people that are there, that biological intelligence, you're trying to wed that to some artificial intelligence. And too often what people are trying to do is say, oh, I'm going to go use this thing, this new artificial intelligence application that's been created to go get rid of people, to get rid of biological intelligence, to remove it completely. And the truth is we humans, whether you go back to the Luddites where you talk about whatever it is, we figure out that if somebody's coming for my job, I'm going to undermine what it takes for that to be successful. (laughs) So the best way to figure this out is to make sure you understand what biological intelligence gets impacted by your AI app and figure out what is it that they will be doing once you get your AI app being successful. If you will, that Stephen Covey thing of start with the end, then jump back to the beginning. So those three things of are are the three keys that doing the inventory, making sure you know, and you can write down, literally write down what the business problem is you're solving. And three, that you've identified the business intelligence, the organic intelligence, the biological intelligence that is also going to be impacted by whatever AI you put into play.
0: Well, hey, that's, that's really a uh a succinct summary there of the three key success factors. And the third one you mentioned really hit home with me. I, you know, I'm thinking about people having a fear of AI. Organizationally, you, you have this culture problem. If leadership can portray this whole thing as we want to free up people to do, to do higher level work, we're not out there to reduce headcount. We're out there to make our existing workforce more powerful. That's more sellable, I think, to the population and corporations. And I think that's what you've keyed in on there. That, uh, that has to be thought through. So Neil, let's talk about methodology that you've crafted throughout your career and, and how you've been able to turn that into reusable technology that other companies can leverage to not only prepare for their AI journey, but also as a roadmap, if you will, to guide them and keep them on track during their transformation to deploy AI. What I would say is, is
1: that my background has been one where I have learned 27 different male clients in my career whether you're using outlook or gmail each one's a male client right now when i started they kept putting out new ones and you kept thinking oh well do i have to learn another one and you know you're always bothered by oh boy i have to now learn something new well in ai there's just that on steroids right there are new tools new technologies all coming out all the time but what i would say to you and i spend a I mean, this is where I spend all my day. This to me is totally fun is understanding all the technology parts of this. What I would say to the person listening to this podcast is the truth is starts with something very simple. If you would type into your you know, Google search or whatever you use and you put in causal diagrams, what we've all learned is over the last uh quarter of a century is, is that a Judea Pearl, Professor Judea Pearl came out with causal calculus. And this calculus is really the basis of what's happening for whether you're speaking into your mobile device to get answers back or you're typing into a search box. And you don't have to go learn all that math. You don't have to go learn all the technologies connected to and then are spiking from causal calculus. But with 16 hours of your life, if you're willing to go listen to some of the free YouTube videos about causal diagramming, how do you understand that correlation does not prove causation? When you realize that, that there's so many things that are correlated within your business, but it doesn't mean that one causes the next and how do you get it so you can communicate with a large number of people where causation happens in your business it's simply by learning some of these very very easy direct things of how do you create causal diagrams that causal diagramming and the thought that goes with it is something that fifth graders can do because i've i've helped teach them i know that that it's doable it's high schoolers can do anyone that's listening to this podcast can do and to do it you don't have to go to Harvard. You don't have to go take a series of classes. You can go learn it for free online, but learning causal diagramming is a key for being able to have a methodology that helps you get to great AI, to get value out of any AI dollar you spend. So first thing is do that. The second in my methodology is, is that as we talked about, you have to do an inventory of what technologies, and in particular, what data you have. So if you don't have any of the data tools out there that do auto-discovery of your entire infrastructure and identify all the data that you have, you will not be successful in the long-term in transforming your business using AI. And Bill, if I just relate to what you said before about removing people, I appreciate that one of the values of artificial intelligence absolutely is that it can remove categories of jobs, right? That you can remove a category of job. The point would be is that those people that, that you have doing that job can indeed be used more productively in your business. That's the thing that helps the culture embrace AI, makes it so that you want to go do this because people will see that they they get a chance to learn some cool things. They're able to advance themselves. And this is something that you can indeed take the high school graduate and help them be incredibly productive. You can take the BA or the MA or the PhD and help them be more productive for you that you can make more money in your business. So methodologically, I know there's a lot for me to speak about, but I wanted to one state the beginnings are please learn about how to make a causal diagram. It does take 16 hours of of time to go learn that, but it is something you will use for the rest of your life, both in business and in your personal life. And that if you wed that with starting with an inventory of the data within your business, Mm -hmm. that seems easy. And today there are auto discovery tools that help it be much easier than it used to be. But it's something that when you have those two things put together, there is no business problem you have that you can't help take market share from your competitors by using AI tools that will allow you to build AI applications that will make you more
2: money. Wow, good stuff, Neil. Game-changing stuff, particularly if leaders have not heard that. So that's terrific advice and advice that people can actually do something with right now to go make a difference. So and it actually dovetails perfectly into my next question, which would be, so if technology leaders inside their organizations go to start taking those steps like you just described to start deploying and enhancing a methodology that maybe didn't include this. And maybe maybe now they can do these things. Where do they start? I mean, where, where do people get going here? I mean, how do, how do you find a good starting point if people are ready to embark on the AI journey. And then there's a second piece to this, which would really be, there's a lot of companies that have already started and they've hit that suck parameter, right? That's why we're here, because they didn't do a good job. And they might be sputtering a bit because they didn't get off to a good start at all. And it could harken right back to what you just described. Maybe they didn't do some of those things. How can they find a starting point as well to benefit from some of these things you just described? Okay, so I believe
1: that right now for a single dollar, For one buck, you can go take an AI readiness roadmap assessment and you simply go to the InsightLogix.com site and take the AIR assessment. That is the best way that you can baseline your organization as to its readiness for doing AIR and that is built upon a lot of experience with companies who have failed, who have been successful, what do they need for knowing where they are, and think that's the the right first step. After that, what I guess I would say is, is, my thought is, if any person listening to this is willing to go and look at a few videos about how do you do causal diagramming, you may decide, hey, this just isn't for me. That's not what I want to do. I won't spend the 16 hours ever doing it. But I would go and find who in my executive team, who in my staff, who is willing to go learn how to do causal diagrams. Because if you learn that skill, you will be able to help everyone when you have meetings. I will make explicit my bias. Meetings are the last place that productive work happens, right? Meetings are a waste <laughs> of time. But if you do causal diagramming in a working session, you will see just how much value can be derived from people all agreeing that a picture is worth a thousand words and a million numbers. And they can agree Oh, we really do think that this causes that. So if we could write software, which is a stand-in, which is a proxy for a business process, if we could write software that affects that causal relationship, we really could save ourselves a lot of time, which is money, and we could make it so that we could take market share from others because we're able to increase our operational efficiencies and reduce cost usually. So I simply say is, is that I I take my own medicine when I'm doing this work. I say it to business people all the time. My view is if you are trying to go lead by example, the best way is if you're not willing to do it yourself, find that cadre of people that are willing to learn about um, causal diagramming. Again, it's free to learn. And that once you know this capability, if you're willing to go take the assessment, the AI. A readiness roadmap assessment, and you're willing to do your inventory. That gives you the basis for really understanding those first three things that we started this discussion. We now are able to identify what business problem we're working on, and we can go and actually have a a plan that will get a lot of people to agree. Yes, this would change, you know, the way in which business goes. If I may, I would just add one other part. No project no AI project, but no project in general in the IT world, should ever go longer than 100 days. Now, you could call those 100 business days or you could call them 100 calendar days, but should always be done within 100 days. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to get everything, but you should be able to have something that in your 100-day plan, you can say, we significantly added to this business by doing this 100 days. And if you keep it limited to that, You make it so that now methodologically, you're driving everyone to be understanding, hey, we can change this causal diagram to go make it so that we have solved this business problem within that 100 days. And that is the way in which you get a lot of focus. You can change the culture of a business. You can drive the culture of a business. You can indeed be the leader of your company to take it market share and to increase the EBITDA or the other metrics you might have of your business.
0: That is awesome, Neil. I have one last question that I thought of, and that is uh, regarding influencing business leaders. Uh, Many business leaders, not all, but there's a lot, who, who control the purse strings, have only a superficial understanding of AI and machine learning. From your point of view, what are the most successful measures that AI advocates inside and outside companies take? to overcome this barrier to success. Maybe you tell them to listen to our podcast episodes <laughs> <laughs> Tongue in Cheek. What comes to mind uh, it, you know if you're an advocate and you have a passion about this stuff and you want to connect with a business leader that, that really has superficial understanding. My view is is that all learning is contextual.
1: If you're um, in the desert and you have no water and you've got a PhD in mechanical engineering it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to survive in the desert but if you had no schooling whatsoever and you've grown up in the desert and you know all sorts of things about what it takes to find water in the desert right it knowledge is contextual so the idea that in a business the leaders of the business they know a lot and there's no issue about them having to buy into some IT marketing thing called AI, right? IT is just famous for making up words. They call the same thing, you know, five different names and thinking that they've improved it. Well, it's just marketing nonsense. So what does it really take for any leader? Well, if you actually know something about your business, because that's the first step. There's a whole lot of leaders that don't actually know what would change their business, what would allow them to take market share, drive down their costs. They don't know the business, but if they do, they don't need to learn anything about AI as as a technology. What they need to understand is that they should insist upon that there is a a causal diagram that explains what people are have as assumptions of what is causative. They should insist upon something written down that says, this is the business problem we are trying to address. So it literally is written down. It's not just people talking and that it doesn't take a book to have to describe it. And that they should be asking, what are the metrics that once we're done, we're saying measures are success? So in my mind, the best advice I do give on a regular basis to business leaders is there's nothing new about AI that they have to know about. What is new is that they should realize that, for instance, the world today is a digital world. That means there is data that is there. So photos, videos, in your many businesses today, they don't think that photo and video has any place for them to be able to take market share from their competitors. And I know that that's not true, that whatever business you have, there is a way to take a photo of what is the finished product or be able to understand the video of how do you create the best service. And you could use that information digitally, that digital data, for being able to decide what do you do to compare it against all the times when something isn't the right product from a picture or the right service from a video. And that digital processing of photos and videos is what is driving machine learning, It is which is a subset of AI, and it is transforming businesses. That I would also say to them that the idea of being able to have an ontology, O-N-T-O-L-O-G-Y, an ontology, is how Amazon and Google and AWS, you know, all the different things that you can talk about, how they're been able over the last, you know, score of years to transform their role in business. So you need to have an ontology. And that is the thing that will allow you to drive, to make it so that People in your business can speak into their mobile device or type into a search box, meaning they can, you know, uh, serialize or Googleize your business. And by doing so, take market share from others, be able to make it so that you can drive down your operational costs and um, increase your margins. Those are things that. A business leader could go do without knowing anything about the multisyllabic words or the parts that are all about technology. And that is the part that is that is transforming business right today in our digital world.
2: Neil, great stuff. Just sitting there making some notes to myself. But first of all, I gotta say that Bill, I know you would echo this sentiment. Meetings do suck. This is not a meeting in the least, right? Neil, this is this is an episode that you're on here, right? This is a thing, man. This doesn't suck in the least. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Here's what I'll say, recapping this, is that, Neil, terrific feedback, you know, in terms of everything that goes into the methodologies that you've learned how to craft and then ultimately deploy over the years. Causal diagrams, you know, the different types of data that become part of AI. I mean, people don't think about photographs and, and video and, and voice and speech and, you know, how that plays into these ontologies that people are ultimately going to need to build. Just great nuggets there. I mean, it's so insightful on your part. And then just trashing the marketing department. I mean, I, I they're not going to tune in. Neil, they're not going to like this <laughs> podcast at all. They're not. They're just I'm gonna to have to have some sort of disclaimer on here that the views are Neil's and not not the views of the don't suck at marketing. <laughs> the AI podcast, because uh, that was absolutely classic. But in all seriousness, we're coming to the end of the time that we've got today, and we have just enjoyed this thoroughly. I mean, it, you've given us some things to think about in terms of the ability to be able to connect with leadership in terms of some of the things that they need to do if they want to be successful going forward. That doesn't suck. Your expertise, being able to take you know, three plus decades of expertise and roll it up and encapsulate it in a 20-minute conversation that can be beneficial to somebody else, that absolutely didn't suck. So we're so grateful that you came on to share a lot of this wisdom with our listeners. Uh, I know they're going to create a lot of value from it. What I want to do is let them know where they can reach you because they may have some questions for you, Neil, about some of the things that you've talked about. Why don't you tell people how they can find you out there? If you want to be found, let them know unless you're in in the witness protection program from the marketing people at this point. If you'd like to be found, where would we find Neil uh, if people want to reach out to you?
1: I'm very happy to receive texts or phone calls at area code 949 683 9182.
2: Wow, Neil. I don't think anybody, again, here's a first. I don't think anybody's ever dropped their digits on the platform here so not only is this an episode this is an episode where neil has dropped his personal digits here and is ready to talk to anybody that wants to talk Neil, that's huge we are grateful for you coming on we say thank you to all of our listeners thank you guys for tuning in bill what would you add to to neil's phone number out there in terms of closing the show up today
0: no it was totally epic you know i've had experiences in the past coaching leaders and i always emphasize there's two main tasks managing tasks and managing relationships. And Neil, you really emphasized that in uh, your remarks regarding uh, the cultural aspects of uh, this transformation.
2: So a lot of great wisdom. Thanks for passing it on to us. Well, Neil, everybody out there with us, thank you for tuning in to the Don't Suck at AI podcast from Texas and California. We're going to sign off and say thank you for joining us today. We're greatly appreciated.